the anti-aging and longevity chapter is called Getting Long in the Tooth, a chapter on Bloke's Health, Sheila's Health, a mental health chapter called Black Dog. I just basically say what you need to hear without waffling on, and it's all evidence-based. I've uh, separated all the, the facts from the bullshit, and it's just written what you need. Although it is a holistic health and wellness book, it's not all hippies and fairies and rainbows and stuff. It's, my name is Mad Mumsy and I have been driving the huge dump trucks in Australian open cut mines for over 10 years now. I wish I had a dollar for everyone who said to me, how does a little thing like you drive those big trucks? You must be rich. Oh, how do I get a job doing that? My mining friends are asked these questions all the time too. This is what started the Mad Mumsy journey to share stories and tips from living a mining lifestyle and to let others know what it's really like. Not everyone is cut out to be a miner, but why not? What does it take to thrive and survive in this industry? Now let's dig in. Get it? Dig? Mining? (laughs) Oh, crack me. This week is a happy hour episode with Brendan Waddington, the author of The Wellness Bible, a no-bullshit guide to health and wellness. He's also a naturopath, clinical masseur, personal trainer and yoga instructor. If you're sceptical, don't worry, so is Brendan, but he's ready to blast through the bullshit, find the truth and help you to live a healthy life right now. We connected over Skype and had heaps of trouble getting the technology to play the game. Mercury was in retrograde, so I now know never to do a Skype interview when that's on, right? It's about three or four times a year. If you're not sure, Google it. But I've also left uh, all the future dates in the show notes, which can be found at madmumsy.com forward slash beers. 38 the number 38 so you know what not to do next time or when they are really um by the time we finally started we were on about our second beer so i think we were both pretty relaxed i did manage to salvage most of our interview however but i gave up on the first three minutes oh after over an hour of trying to sort out the audio quality, I decided I can't submit you to the, all those clicks and oh, whatever the hell was going on with Skype and Pamela, the recording software. So this is the intro and I asked Brendan what his favourite beverage was, which is standard, and it was a Cooper's beer when he's on site because it's got no preservatives no additives and tastes good. Brendan also loves a big fat glass of red wine when he's going out for dinner. He said he's a Shiraz kind of guy, but once it surpasses a certain level of quality, any red is good. I have to agree with that. Although, you know, when you've had a few before you have the wine, (laughs) does it even matter? On R&R, which is rest and recreation, for those of you who don't know, he doesn't really cook. Well, I couldn't believe that. What do you mean you don't cook? I thought he was going to say he didn't drink, but he said he doesn't cook. He goes out for breakfast, lunch and dinner. I asked if he was spoiled on site with it being prepared and he couldn't be bothered to cook. 
but uh, he said Camp Tucker gets pretty bland and he likes to eat good food when he's on break, which I can understand. We both agree they tend to drown everything in the bad oil, so he takes his own to site. He takes his own oil to site. This is where we pick up our conversation. I hope the rest of the audio quality is up to your standard and it was such a fantastic uh, conversation. I really enjoyed it and I hope you do too. This is where we pick up our conversation with Brendan Waddington from No Bullshit Wellness. No, no, I take my own oils up there. I take up some coconut oil and some nice olive oil. Oh, nice. Oh, that's the go. What do the, what do the miners think of you rocking your own oil? Well, um, but when I first started in the mining industry, like 15 years ago, or maybe longer, I can't remember now, <laughs> um, it was a very different landscape to what it was now. So before, it was um, kind of uh, old school... Overweight, just like you know, miners, you know, just like yeah, as rough as guts. But now, um, there's still a bit of that old school, but there's also um, a bit of new age, you know, like uh, healthy young girls and stuff will be mixed amongst it, you know, they'll um, drive trucks or whatever, and um, and so uh, and everything in between too, like blokes as well, um, starting to give a shit about their health more, and uh, some of them are doing the same thing, bringing up some avocados and um, having their rabbit food lunches and stuff and <laughs> so um, yeah so each to their own a bit you know I, I don't force views on anyone but they're, they're welcome to copy me you know yeah no that's like so when you got into mining what were you doing how did I you get into the industry it. yeah well I started um, at Argyle Diamonds yeah um, am I allowed to say names of places or what <laughs> you can yeah. unless you're in, unless you're heaping shit on them yeah yeah I get it Yep. No, no, I, I, I love Argyle. I'd love to go back to that place. It was one of my favourite camps I've ever been to. Yeah. My favourite sites. Um, yeah, I started out at, at Argyle as an enviro. An enviro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like an enviro technician, like assistant sort of thing, really. My old man was up there as an as enviro um, like superintendent at the time. Mm-hmm. So that was a good foot in the door. Um, and, um, yeah, that was a real cruisy number. It was a good cushy job, but it was... I got um, passed out to, to go pretty much anywhere on that site. Um, everything from the pit to alluvials to um, out in the middle of nowhere. And, well, that's a real beautiful kind of place, you know. I was uh, catching snakes, um, looking after can- baby kangaroos, like the, the mothers might have got hit by a hall pack or something. Um, um, I even caught a crocodile once when it crawled into someone's office. That, was on, <gasps> that season, I was up there. I was up there twice, both with temporary contracts. The second one was the um, I was there for six months because it was the biggest wet season in fifty years. Oh wow! So for perhaps our overseas listeners who don't know where Argyle is, could you tell us where it is? Yeah, so that's about as far northeast of Western Australia as you can get. It's in the uh, what we call the Kimberley region, and it's um, yeah, it's probably like the most hardcore part of the Kimberleys. It's a very beautiful place, a lot of like waterfalls and land um, caves and. All kinds of stuff. A lot of wildlife. Everything's creepy, crawly. Everything's going to kill you, but it's, it's good. <laughs> so, what else is an enviro? What does an enviro person do other than catch crocodiles and kangaroos? Well, well, I was probably um, a lucky one. Um, 
I think these days the lawyers probably do a bit more, a lot more paperwork and stuff. But mm-hmm. it was like I had, um, I do a lot of uh, soil sampling, water sampling, air sampling. I check the rain gauges every day. But on a site like that, to check the rain gauges, you could you could have to drive for like forty minutes in one direction, turn around, and drive an hour in the other direction just to get the, all the all the rain gauges and stuff. And um, yeah, yeah, I really got out and about on that one. And um, so every day was. Everyone was different. Basically, that was like a paid holiday. That particular job <laughs> compared to uh, other mining jobs I've done. So, did you think all mining jobs were going to be like that, paid holidays? Uh, I didn't know what to expect, really. But um, the next mining job I had after that was far from it. <laughs> <laughs> I was a driller's offsider after that. Oh, I've heard that. That's not much fun. Oh, it was alright. Uh, it was hard yak. I did RC and also diamond drillers off siding everywhere from Kalgoorlie, Leinster, Leonora, Walloona. Um, but, uh, that, that was a bit of, you know, a bit more character building. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, fun in other ways. There, you know, you're like, you really earn your beers there. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike us today, just earning our beers because of getting over the technology that is called Skype. <laughs> It's all about balance, you know, so I'm on my R&R. This is, you're in Queensland, Tom, I'm on, on Perth farm, so this is actually a lot earlier than I would usually have one. Well, thank you for taking one for the team, Brendan. Oh, well, there's no iron team. I won't dog the boys. <laughs> you say that all the time. No, no, the dog the boys thing, that's a new one for me. I, I don't actually like it really because it's a bit commercialised. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So what else did you do? You started off as an enviro, then a driller's offsider. Yeah, um, um, I didn't do it for that long, just um, about a year or so, but then I um, wanted to get into my kickboxing more, so I um, I uh, went back to Perth and stayed there and just worked locally in a bottle shop, the Bayswater Hotel, actually. I was working at the Bayswater just a few hours a day, just enough to put some cash in my pocket so I could train and punch on, basically. <laughs> and how did that work out for you? No, that was good. I, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I did it for quite a few years, actually, but um, I think I, I realised I couldn't do it forever. You know, I've got to, um, you know, I wanted to be a bit more productive in my life. You know, some what do you do? Well, I'm a bottle shop boy. That that doesn't have a nice ring to it as I'm, you know, money getting older. So um, what happened there? Oh, I ended up becoming a personal trainer. And did that flow on because of your kickboxing training, do you think? Yeah, I busted my knee and I had a knee recon. Um, oh. So then I, um, well, I, I got into the alcohol for a while, just started drinking a lot of booze, partying and stuff. And, um, that was fun for a bit, but it wasn't actually moving forward in life. So, um, yeah, I think a few things, uh, synchronicities lined up and uh, I found out that uh, well, I, was, I was already training in the gym and then I found out what a personal trainer was because I had never heard of the, the term before. And I said, well, that sounds pretty cool. That sounds like a crazy number. And uh, <laughs> the, the day after I found out about uh, the gig, personal training, the next day I was signed up to uh, do that course. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, once I make a decision, on balls and all. It's very Can be a good way to be. Can yeah. also get you into a bit of trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, trouble being my middle name. Oh, right. <laughs> Lucky you're a kickboxer then. Yeah, well, um, not so much these days, oh, but right. if I had uh, boxing only, really, these days. Yeah. 
I actually did taekwondo for many years, but I didn't start till I was in my 30s. Yeah, well. Yeah, and that was cool. And then um, until I was, a, I was a red belt going for my black tip, and the instructor just wanted, wanted, really wanted me to go for my black tip, but it was just such a whole different level. And I had to do a, I had to break two boards doing a, a reverse, a jumping reverse turning kick. And um, oh, I just couldn't do it, you know. Like I was nearly forty by then. Not that that's an excuse, but I he just I uh, I just got to a point. I'm like, oh, I'm too old for this shit. And we'd go in tournaments and so you went Yeah, I I said no, I'm not doing that anymore. I'd, I would. Disease. I know. Yes. Well, you're going to lecture me now. But it, no, actually, I'm actually going to agree with you. Um, you probably expect me to try and do a motivating shit, but I'm yes. an R&R now, so I'm not going to do it today. <laughs> uh, what I am going to do is say, you know what? If your heart's not in it, mm. um, there's no point. Like, yeah, why do something that your passion's not there? Do something else. Now your passion, I guess, is probably running these podcasts or something. Yeah, um, that's you've right. If you had your time with your, your martial arts, now do something else. Mm. It's it's still good uh, to have in your back pocket because it's still self-defence and um, it's amazing how even when you've had a few beers and just a block will come out and it's just like just... Fuck off, dickhead. Oh, by the way, you're allowed to swear on this sh- this uh, oh, podcast? Good. Yeah. I've got a potty mouth. Oh, have you? See, uh, you were in the right industry then. Yeah, yeah, so I, I blend in well. I'm yeah. actually quite conservative compared to some of the others. Exactly, and that's a, that's a big part of uh, one of my messages for people who think they want a job in the mines and that'll fix everything in their whole life. I'll, oh, if I could just be a dump truck operator, my life would be fine. And, um, you know, it can also bugger up your whole life as well. And if you, if you can't handle swearing, like if people can't handle the swearing that comes out every now and again on this podcast, well, don't get into mining, mate. Yeah. Say good day to me, mate, Trav. Hello, Trav. How you going? I'm good, thanks. How are you? What's happening? Oh, you know, just dealing with technology and having a chat to my uh, kickboxer mate here, having a beer. Yeah, what are you doing? uh, He's a number one off-road racer in the fucking country. Number one off-road racer? Yeah. Off-road, what, sort of um, cars or bikes or? Yeah, cars, yeah. Yeah? Oh, sweet. So I've got two legends on the podcast for the price of one. Exactly. Oh, I better open my other beer for that. (laughs) Cheers. Nice to meet you, (laughs) Charles. What's oh, his what's his real what's his full name? I'll put a link to him and on the show notes. Yeah, uh, Travis Robinson. You can sit, check him out on YouTube. He's a sick cup. Uh, he's from Out of Bounds Racing. Out of Bounds Racing. Sweet. Yeah. I'll leave that in the show notes. And the show notes for this episode can be found at madmumsy.com forward slash beers thirty eight. That's a number thirty eight. It reminds me actually. I, I used to um, back in my martial arts days, and I was working at the Basie and that. I um. I used to do spinning kicks, kick cigarettes out of people's mouths. Oh, <gasps> true. Um, Bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever hit anyone? No, no. I mean, I wouldn't try it these days. I don't know if my accuracy would be there. Like, <laughs> no, I'm all like, I'd hit, I'd hit some chick and I'd be the bad guy. Yeah, well, yeah. Or <laughs> you don't have to hit a chick to be a bad guy. It could be a bloke, I guess. But yeah, so, uh, safe and sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So you, your knee blew out. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah, yeah. held that up. And you got into yeah, your uh, personal training? Yeah, um, 
Yeah, I was, I was at my mate's tattoo shop after after work one day, after like concreting all day. And, um, you know, it was, it was one of those, it was a real hard day. My back was sore and stuff. I think, oh, there's got to be something else out there. And, um, and uh, I overheard uh, my mate's, um, one of his colleagues from his tattoo shop talking about making some guy do push-ups in the mud. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because I'm a personal trainer. Yep. I said, what do you mean? She goes, yeah, I'll, I'll make people exercise and i get paid for it. I'm like, that sounds pretty cool. And then <laughs> next minute, I'm uh, become a personal trainer myself. And so who did you train? Who were your first victims? I mean clients. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, I started off um, oh, um, a real good gym, actually. Um, uh, it was an excellent gym in Durian Bay. Oh, I went straight from the top. My mate made me, um, he was the owner, he made me the manager. And oh, the personal trainer. So, um, that's all right. Yeah, that was a real nice gym with real nice people and stuff, and it's still there to this day, I think. Um, yeah, and then, um, and then I broke up with my missus at the time. After a while, then I saw moved back to Perth. And then I um, just worked out in a good way because I ended up becoming um, a, a trainer at the Next Generation at Kings Park, which is like just an amazing gym. That's just it's like a four-story building. It's got tennis courts, squash courts, multiple swimming pools. It's got a bar. It's got two bars, actually. Um, two bars at the gym. That's my sort of gym. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my flash, actually, is Hollywood, you know? Yeah. Um, I, was, I was loving that. I was head trying there for a while. And um, and the only thing that I thought I'd be able to stay there forever, but then I got offered a job on the luxury cruise ships in the Caribbean. <gasps> so um, I always had a bit of a fascination with cruise ships. Never saw one in real life. But, um, yeah, I took that job. And, um, yeah, had more fun again, and, and that's how I became a naturopath, actually. Because so, um, yep. I did a lot of public speaking, and so I did a bit of research, written, uh, reading books written by naturopathic doctors and dietitians and um, natural health specialists, and I thought, oh, I like this stuff, I wouldn't mind uh, doing it myself. Yeah? Yeah. So there'd be a, a fair bit to it, to just become a naturopath. Well, I thought, you know, I thought it would be um, learning about nutrition and a few herbs, but no, it's actually a bit of a shock. Um, it's like a full, full-on, like, four-year health science degree, like anatomy and physiology, biochemistry, pharmacology, microbiology, differential diagnosis, clinical research, all this stuff, plus, of course, the, um, you know, clinical nutrition and uh, medical herbalism and stuff, but... And also, yeah. I thought maybe a couple thousand dollars, you know, this was like, I'm still paying it off now, like, six <laughs> years later. Has it been worth it? Oh, yeah, it's taken me um, around the world. It's given me some amazing jobs and there's some amazing people. Um, I, actually, it also inspired me to write an international best-selling book. <laughs> uh, your book. Now, what is it called? I love the name. That's what got my attention originally. Or the subtitle. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, the subtitle. The, the, uh, the title is The Wellness Bible. And the, what they call it, the working subtitle is, is um, a no-bullshit guide to health and wellness. Wow. And Here's my T-shirt right now that I'm wearing, uh, no-bullshit wellness. Nice T-shirt. Yep, that, that's what you need. Get it out there. Promotion. Yeah, yeah I've got um, the Facebook page, no-bullshit wellness, Instagram, no-bullshit wellness. Yeah, you gotta, I'm trying to do all this technology stuff with it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll um, I'll leave links to everything that you've got in the show notes. I've stalked you out a little bit and had a look and found you everywhere. And you yeah. can buy the book on Amazon. 
Yeah. Also, you can go to nobullshitwellness.com and um, there's a link to the Amazon, but there's also uh, I've got a table of contents there, so you can check that out and see if that resonates with you, if it's something you'd be interested in. Mm, I had a quick look at that, and uh, it really does cover a lot of things. Yeah, and it's written in a way that it's, um, well, appeals to be good for everyone, but also miners, uh, especially miners in Australia or well, any English-speaking miners, really, because it's, like, it's got chapters like Good Tucker and an exercise chapter called Get Your Ass in the Gear. Um, the anti-aging and longevity chapter is called Getting Long in the Tooth, you know, so it's, yeah, perfect. it's written in a way we can all resonate with, I feel. Yeah, and, and it's good to have that point of difference. Makes mm. you stand out because, you know, another book on health and wellness. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, there's most of these books specialise in one thing and, like, have a whole book on nutrition or a whole book on mindfulness or whatever. Um, also, like, most of those uh, subjects can be summarised in one chapter, and that's pretty much what I've done. I've, whether it's um, a chapter on bloke's health, Sheila's health, or a mental health chapter called Black Dog. Mm. Um, yeah, it's all. I just basically say what you need to hear without waffling on, and it's all evidence based as well. I've um, I've got like a, over 160 references to peer reviewed science journals, so I've uh, separated all the the facts from the bullshit, and it's just written what you need. It's, it's not too, although it is a holistic health and wellness book. It's not all hippies and fairies and rainbows and stuff. It's Oh, <laughs> no, there's a bit of that, but it's evidence-based, yeah. fluffy rainbows. Yeah, and and that's how you how you cover everyone because a lot of people want to see want to see the uh, backing up what you what you're saying, whereas other people like me are like, oh, that sounds yummy and yeah. nice, and you know, yeah. I'm, I'm more on that side of it. That sounds good to me. That makes sense. Whereas other people, they want to see the the data, they want to see the numbers, they want to know the know the uh, effects and stuff. Yeah, well, I, um, that's the difference between qualitative data and quantitative data, you know, like mm. intangible results that can be measured. But I had like a bloke in the, uh, in the truck with me the other day on site and it was like naturopathy. He was like, I don't believe in that fucking shit. I'm like, well, yeah, that's why you're an obese diabetic, you know, like, <laughs> and that's not to take anything away from actual, like, obese diabetics out there that might be doing the righty, but, um, in his case, you know, I'm watching his life choices because he's in my workspace, and you know, like, you know, people say, oh, I ain't healthy, I ain't healthy, then you see him down at Crib Hut, putting away ice creams and shit, and you know, making, having the cheese sausage, and, <laughs> what do you think's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, it all adds up. Yeah. 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 So, are you going to the mine sites as an operator, or are you going there as the naturopath who's written a book, and I'm helping, helping everybody? Well, I like your can um, opener, by the way. Your bottle yeah, opener. Yeah. I, I, don't know, I won't say this out loud, but what's written on there, but it's nice of these big mining companies to provide alcohol devices. Yeah, good on them, yeah. <laughs> Getting their brand out there. <laughs> yeah. Just make sure um, you're zero when you come to work. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to blow numbers. Yeah, no, we don't like those numbers. I've been a wellness advisor uh, to some of the biggest mining companies in the world uh, for the last three and a half years. Right. The wellness doesn't pay what it used to. So I started out um, about 140 years, so it's oh, good for me, but, you know, there's people getting paid double or triple that out there. But um, that money went down when we lost room share. Room share, there's some interesting things happening there. And then, um, what is that? Sorry, I'm going to interrupt. What is room share? Room share, okay. So I was on uh, Barrow Island for a bit there. Yep. And I uh, did a little 
the lack of accommodation because not you could really um, rape and pillage about one percent of the nature of the island to like clear land and that. Yep. Um, so they're doing things like um, uh, they they brought in a cruise ship to supply another thousand beds. They they have got a bivy. There's I think about a thousand beds there too. Mm. Uh, now uh, at the construction village, Butler Park, they um, they all had room shares, so not hot bedding, but um, they have a curtain divide in the room, and there'll be someone else in the uh, on the other side of the room. <gasps> yeah, Are you serious? I know. Oh no, <laughs> I've never heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. I so, thought um, you were talking, no, yeah, hot bedding, yeah, yeah. They just call it something different over there. Yeah, no, I've done hot bedding caravan out in the desert when I was a jewelers off site, that's yeah. another thing. But no, uh, this was room <laughs> share, and uh, sometimes you'll be lucky. Uh, that might, you might get someone on night shift, so you never see them. Yep. Other times, not so lucky. But usually, most of the people there are good blokes, so it's um, not a problem. Everyone's respectful of each other's privacy and noise factor, because, you know, mm-hmm. fatigue's a big thing to get you sleep and stuff. Yep. And one, uh-huh. one bathroom, obviously. Yeah, yeah, so one person have to walk over to, uh, um, like, cross over the, that side of the room, you know? Oh, my God. Um, and uh, there's been some interesting things happen. Every, you know, like, most people are good, but every now and then you'll get some fuckwit who will yeah. um, oh, just, sure. like, turn the TV on in the middle of the night. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Oh. Like, are you right, mate? Like, I'm sure, like, Yeah. <laughs> so how how big was the room? Was it bigger than a normal donger size? Oh, uh, this was at uh, main camp, so uh, the rooms are quite reasonable. Yeah. But they were donger size once you cut them in half with that curtain. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and it's not a... Good... Uh, they had balconies, ocean views and stuff. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a good camp, that one. Yeah. Uh, so you were there, and right, that so, uh, <laughs> the curtains did you in? No, uh, I, was, I was right. Most of the time it was good, you know. Um, so, yeah, so... Um, we're doing the timeline of my history. Pretty much. Anyway. Yeah. How um, you ended up being where you are today. Yeah, so um, so I was there and I was flying out to Thevenard Island, a very a very small island in comparison to Barrow, and um, that was a pretty cruisy number. That was cool. Um, we could go with, I was like, that was only a C-class nature reserve as opposed to uh, um, Barrow, which was an A-class, which you couldn't really do anything. Like mm-hmm. a smile, positive, nothing. But uh, on uh, Thevenard, um, it's a bit cruisier. We could go fishing on our lunch break or whatever. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Another paid uh, holiday. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, on Thevenard was. It's never hard at Thevenard. Yeah. Oh, is that the saying? Is that? Oh, right, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was as the as a wellness advisor on both of yeah, those? Yeah, yeah. I mean, different companies have different names, but it's all yeah. pretty similar. Um, so, yeah, after my time at Barrow ran out, oh, let's talk about pay rates. Then that went down but when the construction went to production. For the wellness advisors, the, the work didn't change. Like, it's still two and one swing, but then it went down to 75. And then went to another company. Uh, well, when I, I got made redundant from there eventually, I, I survived a few culls, and eventually my, my time was up. And I got offered a job by another company um, in the Pilbara. Yeah. And I've been gone around to different sites, various sites around the uh, central and eastern Pilbara, doing the same sort of thing, but they're much smaller sites. So instead of having a team of 15 to 20 uh, wellness guys, uh, I was by myself. And uh, they said, no, in the old, well, the old days, but <laughs> most most jobs, the idea is your pay goes up the longer you've been there. With, well, this new company was the other way around. I said, yeah, end of the year, gone down to 69. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I can get that in the city. So uh, yeah. So now I've just jumped over into being an, an operator. Um, so I'm a training operator. I've been mine five and 
um, Secret International Loose was mine five is basically you're you're a non, you're a lackey. You're the the mind bitch. Um, anything from making coffee's basically I'm a professional chauffeur. Uh, chauffeur driving people around and stuff and um yeah, so far it's fun. And it's um yeah, there's some great blokes out there on that side and um yeah. I'm 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 loving the career change and I'm I'm loving working less and getting paid more. Yeah. So and there's and there's room to grow provided I'm um, a good worker. Yeah. So are you operating? Like driving trucks or you I you said about yeah, the that's, that's guy the in a truck with you before? Yeah, loading hauls their direction. I'm, I'm headed at this stage, um, but I'm because I'm so early, it could go anywhere. That this department yeah. might take me. I might, might go to Blast Crew or whatever. Oh, okay. Because I just consider myself lucky to have a job at all. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it's hard. It seems hard to get in there. Easier for some than others. But, uh, as a yeah, white male, it's uh, it can be a bit tougher. Hmm, that seems to be something I hear a lot lately, is especially over here in Queensland. Uh, a lot of the jobs that are advertised, they are really, without saying you must be yeah. a woman or of Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander, um, but they're the numbers that they're trying to build up, um, yeah, their figures, and then you'll get the blokes who come on and say, yeah, well, you know, what about us? But it's it, it's hard in the – things are definitely picking up over here as far as the downturn went, so there are a few more – Jobs going around for newbies and and stuff. So yeah, I don't know how I it's think, going um, over there. Building the diversity is um, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's good to um, you know, give everyone a fair shot. You know, so uh, I mean, I got there in the end anyway. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. because like you know, some of these other guys did have a, a rough run for a while there, and um, kind of evening out the playing field now. Mm. So, yeah. And. Um, are there many women on the crew or the mine sites where you've been? Yeah. Oh, um, on and off? I wouldn't say a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few. And it's, um, and I think in the future there'll be more. In the past there was bugger all. Um, so it's good. Uh, it's, it's interesting, actually. It's uh, a bit of a paradox uh, to see um, you know, the roughest, rough and tough old school miners and then you've got some... Um, Young new girls that appear to be fresh out of school with no experience, and um, then you know, after a while, they, they can operate a machine as good as anyone else. You know, mm. After a while, and it's um, yeah, it's right. It's the it, diversity. Yeah, and it um, it can take blokes a long time to get it as well. I mean, some people get it quick, some people don't. Some people never get it and go, yeah, no, nah, not for me, and yeah. leave. So that is one of the questions that I like to ask my guests, do you have any, from what you've seen of the women uh, on sites that you've been at and the way they interact and the way the blokes interact with the women and stuff, do you have any any tips for them for how to survive in a male-dominated industry? It doesn't just have to be mining because there's a lot of women trying to hang out with the blokes in the workforce. Do I have tips for the the green girls, green shielders? Is that what you're Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're pretty much welcomed anyway. Um, everyone's getting pretty looked for. I can only speak on behalf of my site that I've been on site in. Um, and everyone's getting, a, well, most people are getting a fair go anyway and uh, are supported well. Greenies of, um, of either gender, male or female. Yeah, so uh, they probably don't really have to worry. And there's nothing to worry about. Just if, you, if that's what you want, get in there. Yeah, have a go. 
Yeah. It's, inter- it's interesting seeing these contrasts. You know, I see some people out there like full on makeup done, out the most dirtiest Pilbara, red dirt everywhere, mm-hmm. and, and, and see these like girls dressed up to the nines and like puffing the PPE, you know, five years, but they're each their own. <laughs> That's right, you certainly get. Um Different levels levels of that, and my Mad Mumsy listener knows I've spoken about that quite a bit on and off, and uh, so have a lot of the blokes actually. Uh, I think that ten years ago. Yeah, you didn't. Oh, uh, when I was um, probably about fifteen years old, but I, I didn't see that as much. Yeah, back then. Yeah, just women just getting out there doing their thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting watching evolve, but you know, most of my years. Working in mines, I've been, um, I haven't been out on site unless it's for a quick visit or do some pre-start stretches for, for crew out there. But um, most of, like ninety-nine percent of my day has been in the gyms. So I see people after work and a whole other light. How do you find the miners? Uh, how receptive are they, or were they, to your message about, you know, let's just all get a little bit healthier and maybe have a have a stretch before we go to work. Mm. How, how you know were they receptive, and do you think that you made a difference at all? Oh, definitely. Um, it's uh, different for everyone. Uh, a lot of people will embrace it wholeheartedly. They'll take it on board and, and uh, you know apply what they're, they're learning and yeah, really embrace it. Well, whereas others, um, not always, but usually more of the um, older crew that have been there for a long time, they're like, "Don't have fun shit." Yeah. <laughs> and like, they're also the ones with the bad backs and stuff, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. They're the ones who need it the most. It's like bullshit, you know, but then they're going like, oh, I'm so sore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so each that are open, but those, those who want it, the services are there. No, I'm, not, I'm not running that anymore as of the last few weeks. I've done, I just finished my first swing yesterday uh, as an operator oh. as opposed to wellness advisor. Oh. I still do the wellness staff at my R&R now, like working a few clinics and staff and the public speaking and doing my book and that, but... Were you a wellness advisor at this site and now now you're one of the operators you were talking to, or is it a different yeah. site? Oh, no, I am actually, and that's been very helpful actually, because um, a lot, there's a lot of familiar faces. Like, oh, yeah. you know, the wellness dude, you know, and, um, provide a bit of extra support. And, oh, that's good. Yeah. So yeah, look, a lot of good blokes up there. And that's it. That's an, another idea of a way to get in, get in, get your start. You know, like a lot of people just get out there and um, whatever that you're doing, and then you start to get to know people. And if the jobs are coming up, that you know can help you to get your foot in the door to becoming an operator. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've ran the pit all day instead of sitting around the gym all day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's to your window. It's actually a nice change. Yeah, well, that's right. I'm sure it is. So just back to pre-start meetings and doing stretches and stuff. I remember years ago we had this lady came in and she was a physio and she was telling us about core strength. And as an operator driving a truck, um, I'll tell everyone now, core strength is a huge thing because you, you get knocked around unless you've got lots of graders on your site, which most <laughs> most don't. And big rocks coming at you, throwing you from side to side and all sorts of things. So core strength is huge to support your back. But anyway, this lady was, she wasn't really very nice about it. And she was just into everybody. Like, you you lot need to do this. 
And, oh, there's no polite way of saying it, but this lady was large, unlike yourself, who's uh, obviously a fit person, kickboxer, gym, naturopath, this, uh, you know, you'd I, as an operator, would listen to someone like yourself. And this lady, she was a lovely lady who got a little bit mean and lecturing, um, but she was demonstrating these stretches and she couldn't do them herself. And so everyone was just basically laughing at her and I felt for her, I'm like, this is just, we shouldn't even be doing this. Everyone tuned out and we walked off and everyone on the way to the car just was having a laugh and it, it was a bit sad, really. Need to well, practice what you preach or something. Like I was just saying, everyone trusts a skinny chef and um, <laughs> some was saying you shouldn't, you wouldn't trust a fat personal trainer or whatever, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Gotta walk the walk. Um, it's hard because um, some people might have just done a sports science degree four years full-time and um, they might have put all their focus into that. Chemically, they got it on paper, but they left no time for themselves mm. uh, physically. That actually reminds me, um, or makes me understand from these like minors' point of view, because now, especially now that I'm doing it myself, um, some do um, are contracted to do 12 and a half hour days and they might travel from camp to site which is like an hour or two. Yep. So that 13, 14 hour days, that leaves this brief window of time after work to go to the gym. Mm. And you might have had a shit of a day and like the last thing you like doing after all that is just going into a gym and, and exercising. But um, obviously it's going to be only a good thing to do that, but sometimes you just want a bloody beer or something. <laughs> That's right. And if you add, like I do 13 hour days, and yeah. seven on, seven off, so seven days, seven off, seven nights. And that's a nice rock. Oh, oh, seven, seven best rocks. I've that's done funny. quite a few, but that's, yeah. And you see, in WA, you used to do more two and one, don't you? Is that what you're doing? Um, yeah, a lot of us are two and one. You know, in Barrow, there's a um, majority doing four and oh, one. I know, right? That's the old divorce roster. Yeah, that's officially what they call it, people. Yeah, it's all yeah. turning turns between divorce roster, suicide roster, and then... Yes. Um, but I'm, I'm about to do nine and six. Oh. Um, so, yeah, that, that's going to be nice. To Does that have pajama day in between? In your what's nine? pajama day? Pajama day is when you switch between night and day, or day and night? Oh, they're, they're two, the guys are doing two and one, they, they'll do that. Yeah. Um, they call it to change. Basically, I think it's the law you actually have to get on the pit um, on shift changes. Oh, yeah. I think it's a oh, yeah. morning you know, yeah, yeah, that's right. You just broke up a little bit then, but that was you have to get on the piss on shift change. See, to us, shift change is that's it, we're going home. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Because we go straight through. But pyjama day over here anyway, in well, in my world, is say you finish day shift, so you get on the piss at night, and then you don't start until the night of the next day. So you're meant to sleep all that next day in your pyjamas, and then you go to work. So that. That's why pajama day. But yeah, a lot of people don't don't know about that. You do nine straight then. So what I'll be doing is nine days of day shift, have six days off, and do eight days of night shift. Yeah. Six days off. Yeah. Not yeah. Have you done night shift before? In your other Not for roles? a long time. I've done it um, back when I was a driller's offsider. We were doing night shift in the desert. And I didn't actually mind it. Um, I think. Also, like ignorance is bliss because now I know like how unhealthy night shift is. I'm like, 
love liking the idea of it. Plus, going off what everyone else says, they're all complaining and saying how they're like trying to not fall asleep in the wheel of a, mm. of a was it, 450 ton truck or something. You know, yeah, that's all it'd be about that. Yeah. That's right, and that's the biggest thing. And if you feel tired, just pull up. Just, yeah. <laughs> and just say, yeah. I'm not I'm tired, man. <laughs> Yeah, better that than have a crash and kill someone, or or even yeah. if even if that doesn't happen, you just have a bit of a whoopsie, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you get in trouble for whoopsies, and, and they fellas, oh. just tell us yeah. if you're tired, man, you know. Yeah, window seats happen pretty easily. Yes, yeah, well, so you're FIFO, flying fly yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, see, a lot of us over here are Dido or Bibo, because it's only a couple of hours off the coast to the mines but um i won't don't even get me started on the fifo inquiry that we just had and they've now as of last week officially banned uh mine sites from saying you have to live either in brisbane or cairns to get a job on this site actually i saw that in the news mm. other day. and that's huge for us i don't know if people realize just how huge it is i i made a submission to that inquiry as mad mumsy and um I know, personally know people that live 10 kilometres, literally 10 kilometres from the mine, but they couldn't get a job there because they didn't live in Brisbane or Cairns. Yeah. And it's, so now you can, like, give them the choice. I'm not saying you're not allowed to live in Brisbane or Cairns, but if people want to FIFO or if they want to live in the local town or if they want to drive from Mackay or get a bus or whatever, just make it a choice. If you're the right person for the job, it shouldn't matter. I, damn shit where you live and now that's become law here in Queensland they just changed law last week woo, woo. I think we should have a cheers on that cheers now for a word from our sponsor welcome Julia Hartman and the Bantax Accounting Group to Team Mad Mumsy Julia is my awesome accountant she has written two books with financial expert Noel Whitaker and has a passion to help us miners make the most out of our hard-earned cash. Head to bantax.com.au forward slash miners, that's B-A-N-T-A-C-S, to download your free miners booklet and a spreadsheet that will help you calculate the weight of your tools you need for your job. Why, you ask? You might be able to hitchhike a ride with them and claim your trips to work. Sounds confusing? Not at all. Just head over to bantax.com.au and let Julia and the team help you out. You will also find loads of free information and advice on property investing if you plan to really do some great things with your money. Again, that's bantax.com.au forward slash miners and tell them Mad Mumsy sent me. You're a newbie operator now. So are you driving the trucks yet? You haven't driven trucks yet? No, not yet. I've, um, I've been a passenger. Basically, everyone's just showing me around. Mm-hmm. Um, been in a in the haul pack, been on a shovel, been in a digger. Yeah. Yep. And are you looking forward to driving the trucks? Yeah. I've got some uh, new stuff, new experiences. Yeah. It's a bit different when you're out of your comfort zone and... That, that's the biggest thing I tell to people because a lot of people who listen to the podcast are people who haven't started yet or they've just started and they're freaking out. Um, the biggest thing is to remember that 
everybody was new once. No one comes out the womb being the best bloody awesome truck driver or whatever. So, you know, just be open to learn and listen and go with the flow. Everyone will tell you something different and then take your bits and do it your way. <laughs> it's funny, um, because there's so much bullshit safety stuff in the mines, mm-hmm. but finally, now that I've got a, uh, my new position, my new job, is actually relevant now. Yeah. Like, after you do the Take 5 and JHA just to check my emails before or wear safety glasses <laughs> while doing that, and bloody get passed out just to use the bloody photocopier, this is bullshit, you know? Yeah. Um, but now, it is life and people are dying, you know? People yes. are dying reasonably regularly, you know, often. And if you look at it internationally, people are dying all the bloody time, like not a week goes by, someone dies in the mines. Mm. Um, you know, safety is highly relevant and it, and it works. Um, yeah. yeah, people have got kids, want to go home to your family. Most of this safety stuff is actually relevant now, especially when you're out on site. You know? mm. Before, like, in camp, a lot of it's overkill, you know, it's a lot of red tape and paperwork, sometimes safety at the cost of safety. A yeah. lot of people will agree with that, um, with me on that, and some of my safety advisor mates that really hate me, you know, I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> my sister's a safety weirdo. Uh, yeah. She's been on our on our show a couple of times on the podcast, uh, the Hard Hat Mentor, Drewy, her name is. Uh, but Hard Hat Mentor, and, yeah, she's she's got a hashtag, hashtag safety weirdos rock. <laughs> because, oh, yeah, she, she's got the passion for it now after swinging over cyanide tanks and doing all sorts of things in the as an operator in yeah. many different um, areas. And also, uh, you know, used to do aerobics classes in different places as well. So I'm, I'm, but back to it being relevant, which is why I bring that up, uh, I did an induction once um, and you go through all the bullshit, like you say, and the, one of the guys, I said, so what are you going out to site to do? He said, oh, I'm going to put new lino on the floor in the office. <laughs> and he had to know everything about high walls tagging out a whole drag line, basically, you know, the whole test and tag and team tags and um, emergency procedures, high walls, low walls, and and he wasn't even going in the pit. He was going to put new lino on the floor, and that's where it gets overkill, I believe. But there's people making money out of safety inductions and stuff. It's a whole industry around it. I don't know about over there. I'm sure it's the same. Justifying their jobs and that? Yeah. But, you know, if... They're keeping us safe, that's what we want. That's the number one thing is we all want to get home safe to whatever our life away from work is. Because I find a lot of people say, we all want to get home safe to our families. Well, some people don't like their family or they haven't got a family. <laughs> you know, so it's more than that. It's whatever your your life is that you like to do. Um, oh, this is a great segue into another question that I like to ask. Is what is your happy place when life turns to shit? What do you What do you do to get you through when crap's going down? Are we trying to keep this mining specific? Yeah. No, this outside? this this can be personal. Both, even mm. whatever you think. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll keep it mining specific um, because that's probably where life can turn to shit a lot easier. You know, everything's <laughs> intensified on site, isn't it? It generally does at some stage during your swing. Let's see. Uh, What's my happy place? I guess I learned by trial and error, right? So 
don't know about happy place, but I'll tell you about that one where I was a bit sooky there on site. It was it was a it was a shit time. Everything was a lot harder. So um, this is what I did it wrong. I I wasn't letting go. The you let go, the better. Because yeah, I, I had a, a pretty rough time there. I had to fight pretty hard just to stay, just to function, just to do my job, just to face the public out there. And I was on the face of wellness, so I had to uh, appear to be healthy. And, um, mental health is, is such a is just as important as physical health. There's no, mm-hmm. and they both interconnect and over overlap. Um, but I've had a breakup recently, like two weeks actually, and um, this, I've done things differently this time. I've just let go instantly, and. Um, but having said that, I also had uh, certain supplements and stuff, like being a naturopath, I can prescribe to myself. I've had um, evidence-based um, medical herbalism, um, saffron, St. John's Ward, a few adaptogenic herbs. Just because you hear them, for the listeners, just because you're hearing me say those terms, don't go out and buy those herbs and think it's okay. Get, get it prescribed to you from a registered health professional because um, they do interact with other medications, have interactions, contraindications. Um, but yeah, I've... Uh, I've had the world's fastest recovery this time. It's like not even a problem. Like um, I'm, all I've seen is positives. So uh, yeah, well, get on the herbs, exercise, direct sunlight. Uh, but most of it is uh, how your brain operates. Mm. It's, um, you have to choose your thoughts wisely because we do choose our thoughts. We do, and our emotions. Like, yeah, you yeah, listen you, to you your emotions, they're a good sign of what your thoughts are, aren't they? They're the exactly, they're, they're like a, an indicator of, of your, if you're thinking the right thoughts or not. Mm. Um, but yeah, acceptance. Acceptance and letting go is some of the, the best things you can do. The sooner you can work out how to do that, the better. Yeah. So, by letting go, like, that's easier to say than, um, at, it's easy to say than do, like, uh, just reduce your stress. You know, yeah, that's yep. easy. You know, how do you, how did you let go? Other so, than your supplements. Well, hitting, hitting it from every angle, so <laughs> acceptance. Acceptance is first and foremost. Mm. I mean, the, the herbs and stuff, they're just an added bonus. Like, um, like uh, things like your St. John's Wort and Saffron, uh, even nutritional, like uh, clinical nutrition, um, SAMI, which is an abbreviation for S adenosyl methanoid. These are all got like a quite a high level of um, evidence backing them up. Uh, so they have that in addition to other things that have a fuck ton more evidence backing them up, like exercise you know? um, and mindfulness, meditation. Uh, meditation is not just for the tree-hugging hippies, therefore it's for everyone. Um, you, don't, you don't have to be religious or spiritual to do it, although there's nothing wrong with being spiritual. Um, basically, mindfulness is just getting your mind to shut the fuck up, just clearing that mental chatter, that and uh, distortion, and uh, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, it's, that's clinically proven to make yourself smarter, mm. re- reduce depression, anxiety, um, help you sleep better. Then you got all the physical benefits. This goes on. Yeah, yeah. So you meditate? Do you do it regularly, yeah. or just when life's a, a bit nuts? No, more more than when life's a bit nuts, but not as regularly as I'd like. Mm. Um, I try to do it daily. Yeah. And sometimes it's as, as little as weekly. Yeah. But the thing is, um, even if you're only doing it weekly, the, the benefits are priceless. Do you yeah. Do you use an app or anything like that, or or do you do guided meditation, or do you just sit and just all of the look? Above. 
or yep. the above. And um, I, yeah, I do recommend the apps like Smiling Mind and One Giant Mind. Mm-hmm. You get those apps for phone, and there's a few others too. That's just a couple that I have on my phones. I, I run, I used to run meditation classes up on site. Oh, really? Uh, did you did yeah. you get many people going to meditation classes? Uh, depends, um, depends what side I'm on. Yep. But uh, on a smaller side, it would be like one or two. Mm-hmm. One or two or three, and on bigger sites, up to, up to 20 or 30. Yeah. Oh, see, I would go to meditation class on site. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. It's Rather a, than a circuit um, class before I go to uh, work or something, you know? Uh, like, personally, I, you well, I run certain classes. I'm not a fan of them. I would probably really never go to one myself. <laughs> my specialties, were just, uh, well, my passions were boxing and yoga. Boxing and yoga. Wow, yeah. extended ends of the... I Actually, I just started doing yoga a couple of months ago, or had a couple of goes at it, on YouTube and just a 30-day challenge or something and I just stayed at the first, second and third ones <laughs> because the others were getting a bit hard for me. And I, I like the stretching side of yoga but I can see just how um, how great it is for everything. You know, I just liked the oh, – well, not just, but I really enjoyed the, the moments of just getting on the mat and focusing on why, why you're there and, and stuff or the – the way that the lady was doing it when I, I'm like, oh, this is nice. I felt good before I even started doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'll take my yoga mat up there still, you know. You take your yoga mat to site? I always have, but now that I'm an operator, as opposed to a wellness advisor, I'm, um, I'm still taking it up there. And, yeah. And, um, and your avocados? My what? Your avocados and your olive yeah, oil? Yeah, I'll take and... avocado, coconut oil, olive oil. Yeah, i take it up there. Is there any room for your toothbrush? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, um, yeah, I don't take a lot. I consider myself a light traveller. I've yeah. got my essentials. I've actually got some right here. So, um, here we go. There's um, some herbs here. Yeah. These are ones, this is my, like, um, damage control formula. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another one here. This is because I'm just getting used to the, uh, for when I go to night shift. So that's a calming one. This one, this one's here, yeah, this was a calming one. It's got Zizifus, Kudzu. Kudzu is actually a Chinese herb, and that's actually got some um, evidence uh, from clinical trials supporting it for alcoholism. So apparently people taking Kudzu drink less piss when they're on it or it helps them quit quit the drink, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's got Magnolia, which is another adaptogen, which helps the body deal with stress and stuff, whether it's physical or mental, same thing. And it's got some passion flower. Passion flower has this, um, well, passion flower in Canada, has a chemical <laughs> in it called um, abogenin, which is also in Damiana. And that's um, so, a mild euphoric. It actually makes you feel good. Oh, wow. So you got, yeah. you got it all going on, but naturally. Yeah. We've got one over here, Karma. Karma has recently been uh, legalised for practitioners to prescribe it in Western Australia. Um, it was ridiculous that it was illegal before, but now we can prescribe it. And uh, carbon, that's a native drink, uh, native drink of Fiji, you know, for liquid herbal extract. I was going to say, I've heard that before, someone talking about it on a podcast, and they were in Fiji. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's an, ah, oh, right. So yeah, I have a little sip of that because I, um, I don't drink much on site, maybe like one or two days a swing. Yep. Uh, but I like having a little, or well, one teaspoon of that is the equivalent of a couple of cups of the drink. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't. It wouldn't show up as alcohol if you did a uh, breath. Oh. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. 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 Yeah
No, no. Oh, no. is it actual alcohol? Uh, a lot of these herbal extracts um, contain certain parts, uh, or sorry, liquid herbal extracts, have um, a certain percentage of ethanol and water. Yeah. Uh, different, different ratios depending on what um, chemicals they want to try to extract from the herb. Uh, Carver, the particular brand I have here, is actually zero ethanol. Uh-huh. But, you know, the ethanol is so low in nearly all of the herbs that it wouldn't show up anyway, especially yeah. if you're having it as, as prescribed, which is usually <laughs> mm. about five mils, or in other words, one teaspoon three times a day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. So, well, you sound like you're ready to be an operator. I, I think you've got it all going on there, and uh, wish you wish you luck with that. Uh, feel free to reach out if you're having any dramas with any asshole dozer drivers on the dump or something. You know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that won't be a problem. I've got a whole episode about that. <laughs> I think it's episode number five, <laughs> dealing with your emotions when there's a cranky dozer driver yelling at you. Oh, oh dear. And that was uh, that's after twelve years of doing it, you know. And that's why I got so cranky. I came back and recorded a podcast in my donger because why am I still getting upset about this shit, you know? And a lot of people struggle, and um, we need to open up, talk to people. Well, and um, that yeah. sounds like you need some attitude adjustment, <laughs> or an attitude adjustment of the dozer driver. <laughs> Do you mean? Yeah, well, yeah. We, we certainly hear, I've certainly heard a few, uh, heard, I've heard a few times over the years, uh, right, I'll see you on the ground, and it's on, on the dump, but um, yeah. not not very but, often, most well, times. We, this day and age, you can't get away with it anyway. No, no, this day and age, you have to be at the airport before you. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right, don't do it on site, don't do it on uniform, in uniform. Oh, it's right, so uh, one more question, perhaps, before we start wrapping up. My, my last episode was about laundry etiquette on site. It's a long story about how it evolved, and you'll need to listen to it to um, understand. But yeah. um, you've been on sites, and obviously you have to wash your clothes when you're there. Have you yeah. had any strange run-ins in laundries, or what do you do if you want to use a washing machine? What do you do with someone else's clothes? You know, what's yeah. your way of doing it? Yeah, I'm, uh, I know what you're talking about because I've, I've seen all that on site. <laughs> I'm happy to, um, you know, I'll put someone's washing, if it's done, in the dryer. Yes. For them. I won't, and if it's dried and I need the dryer, I'll take it out for them. I won't go as far as to um, fold it, although I've had people do that for me and it's very nice to have. And um, see, that's uh, yeah, what I do. Yeah, no, well, we need more of you guys. That's, that's great. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm busy writing books and stuff after work. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got shit to do too, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, good on you. Thanks for that. They're <laughs> folding our washing. Uh, yeah, well, but then you got these other assholes. I, I called someone one time. Um, they took my washing out of the wash out of the washing machine before it was uh, finished washing. <gasps> and I, I went because I, um, especially now with this new role, you know, there's not enough time for anything. So I'll usually put the washing in before work. Then after work, I'll come and put it in the dryer, and then the following morning, I'll take out the dryer. And I know yeah. people like me, I'll leave things to the last minute. So if it's not done, there's a problem. You, know? you got nothing to wear tomorrow. Um, yeah, I remember one time, um, I just happened to walk in at the right time. I saw him taking my clothes out. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, no, I thought, no, I didn't mean you. <laughs> like, all right, no worries. So, uh, yeah, I uh, threw him. Um, when they left, I put a JHA in with their 
like a like a six page JH with their washing for that basically. So, so that's paperwork for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as well as a yeah, confetti. Well, that's better than the couple of stubbies, which I heard last week, because since I've done that episode, I keep hearing all these new stories, and that's why I thought, I'm going to start adding this to my list of questions to ask people. And someone, same sort of thing happened, and they put two stub- like glass stubbies in the dryer with old mate's clothes, and they broke up, and like, I think that's a bit over the top. Would you even yeah, well, do that? Well, you know, what happens if a... Uh, a laundry or housekeeper girl has to cut their hand on it and have nothing to do with it. You know, so. Exactly. So we need to, uh, there's a line, and that's the tagline of that episode, And because it was an article that I wrote for a mining magazine over here, Shift Miner magazine, and it was laundry etiquette, uh, what is your laundry line? You know, what is the line that you won't cross? You know, my, my main one is I'll fold your clothes, but I'm not folding up your jocks. No, you know, no. like I just put them in there. I'm not touching them. I don't deal with those. But I'll, and I don't fold the clothes. Depends how much time I've got perfectly. But at least put the flaps of your pocket down and then fold it up because you take them straight out the dryer. They don't need ironing. Not that any, anyone irons much these days. But some people rock up to pre start and they, and I know they did. They just got their clothes out the laundry basket all wrinkled up. And I was like, this lad, come on, you look a bit bit straggly there so yeah and i guess it's a mum thing as well and a nana thing i don't know see that's another reason to, and it's not just girls i've had blokes do the same to me so yep. it's a definite thing and it's important because like the hard hat mentor said in that episode shit goes down and there have been punch-ups over washing yeah <laughs> <laughs> So it's another thing that we all need to just know how that site rolls and, yeah. It's just, it's just all about looking after each other. That's just another way, isn't it? If you've had a crap day and someone's thrown all your clothes out and they're not dry and you've got nothing to wear, mm. you know, you could snap. And people, sadly, they are snapping. Yeah. Hmm. That was a high note to finish on, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potential <laughs> victims out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, in closing, do you have anything that you're super excited about right now that you'd like to share with us? Um, perhaps let us know where we can catch up with you and get your book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so, the book's probably the main thing in my life at the moment, which I wrote uh, about 90% of it was written on site. Uh, mm. Going early before work and write a bit and then go to work for 12 hours and after work, stay back for a few hours and write more. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty good for, especially for firefight people, but it's good for everyone, uh, whether it's weight loss, nutrition, exercise, mindfulness, um, mental health, women's health, blokes health, anti-aging, whatever the case may be. It's uh, The feedback I'm getting is that it's uh, entertaining, people having a lot of laughs uh, whilst getting educated with uh, some good material. Uh, yeah, so it's good to see people flying to site. You see on the plane, there's about like three or four people on the plane that's got it. Oh, that's exciting. I'm just like, I'd want to go up and say, oh, that's me. Do you want my autograph? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I've signed a couple. That, oh, I don't awesome. see the with signing books, but they seem to like it, so I'll keep yeah. signing them. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, if you're interested in, the, in No Bullshit Wellness, go to nobullshitwellness.com and click on the link to... Uh, Order it straight from Amazon, and uh, yeah, 
feel free to write a nice review if yes. you uh, get around to it. Otherwise, you can go to nobullshitwellness.com and check out the table of contents, see if that resonates with you, or go to uh, No Bullshit on, or Wellness on the uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. It's all, it's all there. Yeah, and um, we're coming up to Christmas, and yeah. you you might be the fit and healthy partner, and the book could be a, a nice little <laughs> stocking filler for someone, and they go, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but in, an, in a way that it just might sink in. Well, although uh, the, the girls are loving the book, um, my target is um, the blokes that would not usually be into that sort of thing. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, get it for the blokes, not the girls. The blokes. Yeah, so I'm not like preaching to the choir. I'm mm. uh, convincing the unconverted. So, mm. uh, and, that, and to get feedback from those blokes who wouldn't usually be into it, yeah, that's uh, that is rewarding. Absolutely, and it makes it all worthwhile. All those years of study and everything that you did. Yeah, and I'm, I'm targeting skeptics, and they're the ones that are like, oh, all right, well, maybe there is something to this, you know. So yeah, there's plenty of those around, especially on the mind yeah. side. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us to make this conversation complete for you? Well, not so much for the international listeners, but for the local guys, when you see me around, buy me a beer. <laughs> 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 buy him a beer and be nice to him on the dump if he's not dumping in the right spot <laughs> yeah yeah give us a hand out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah and do that to all the new people as well yeah look after the greenies look after the greenies and they're not the ones that are fighting a darnie by the way they're the clean skins newbies people yeah. that haven't been on mine sites before or as operators so yeah those of us in the mines know what greenies are to us <laughs> I just yeah. haven't mentioned that for a while it's time to say goodbye now we could chat all day and I have been known to all the links we discussed in this episode are at madmumsy.com forward slash beers 38 that's m-a-d-m-u-m-z-i-e dot com forward slash beers and the number 38 all the podcast episodes can be found on the website too or listen on the go in your favourite podcast app and please share with your mates Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, stay safe, be real, be special, and have fun, for we only live once. Cheers. <laughs>